Welcome to the Imposture to Unstoppable podcast, where physicians can learn how to overcome imposter syndrome and create the career of their dreams. Dr. Katan Kakarni is a physician, clinician, researcher, and passionate entrepreneur, and an ardent advocate of financial literacy and independence. He has alternative income streams. He's an avid learner, traveler, and photographer, and artist. He lives in Halifax, Canada. After over 110 publications on 150 published abstracts committee work at national and international levels, he realized that academia is great, but it is not an end in itself. His vision evolved to connect with, network, and collaborate with like-minded individuals who were interested in mastering their own lives and destiny. He eventually realized that outer excellence is a result of inner excellence and that well-being is supremely important. He founded the Savvy Physician Facebook group and co-founded the Thrive Rx course. His first book came out in March, on March 14th, The Legendary Quest, second course, and a podcast with Dr. Francis Yu. He also launched a multiple seven-figure real estate business and working on a few more. You can find out more about him at Savvy Physician on Facebook or www.savvyphysician.ca. Enjoy. Hello and welcome. I'm so excited you're here. I just did your bio so my listeners know all of the many things that you are doing, which is so, it's going to be so good to talk to you because as we just mentioned off air, when it comes to self-doubt and imposter syndrome, it definitely comes up a lot when we're trying new things. So yeah. maybe start with how, like where in your journey from I'm a physician and a researcher to now I do these, all these other things and what that looks like for you. Yeah. So, you know, thank you for having me, first of all, and, and for the kind introduction. You know, I, I, I'm so glad to be here and kind of talk about my journey and learn from you and learn from others and learn from the listeners. So I, I think, you know, uh, the self-doubt, I think I really like your work and love your work and follow it. You know, I, I think self-doubt is such a part of human condition that, you know, anytime we are trying something new or trying something out of comfort zone or trying to do something new, our mind is going to tell us you can't do it. You know, there's just no way. And, you know, we have all these protective mechanisms that are probably evolutionary. You know, they're trying to protect us from danger that are going to come up. Uh, and, you know, I think that's what they call grit or, you know, that's what they call determination, will or, you know, willingness to take risks and move forward. So, you know, in my journey, you know, I started like uh, most other people uh, in the physician world, as you know, is as in my case, I, I started as a clinician researcher and as I built my program and got my promotions, you know, something was still striking a chord inside that, you know, well, you know, is this all I want to do or, you know, do I want to look broader and bigger? Uh, and, uh, you know, I've always had a lot of different interests and, you know, lots of hobbies and uh, a very deep interest in, in creativity and, you know, sort of pursuit of excellence and so on and so forth. And always had entrepreneurial interests uh, and, you know, interest in writing and, uh, you know, interest in art and music and so on and so forth. And that, that was just part of uh, sort of my existence and my journey. But then through the complex medical training and uh, establishing medical career, some of that was sort of pushed to the back end uh, of the spectrum, you know. So uh, as I started reclaiming that, you know, I, I recognized that I needed this uh, identity shift or identity growth that that would be more like who I truly am, you know, like identifying my authentic self, you know, and that we talk a lot about this in our book, The Legendary Quest, you know, like how do we really understand, you know, our uh, our own inner journey, our inner excellence and outer excellence. So, you know, that's where the identity shift has started happening. And, and, and then, 
you know, I started having all these doubts. Well, you know, this is not what physicians do. You know, you know, you're only supposed to follow a known trajectory. You know, the path uh, less traveled may be the wrong path. You know, you most physicians uh, believe that their jobs are secure and careers are secure, and there's very, you know, consistent ladder. You know, you become the associate professor and the professor, and then the dean and the pope and whatever else you can become, you know, in your career, you know, but, uh, and that's kind of, it's almost like it's set in stone. And, you know, if you ask your, your typical mentors and colleagues, you know, they're going to tell you that that's the path to be followed. You can pick, you know, your clinician or clinician educator, clinician administrator or clinician researcher trajectories interchangeably, maybe, mm-hmm. but, but that's really the scope of it. And, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm a challenger, you know, and I, that didn't quite sound right to me. I said, well, you know, there's physician entrepreneurs and, you know, there's physician musicians and actors and, you know, this and that and everything else under the sun. So, you know, this must not be right. There's physician artists, for example, who are world famous too, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, there was the doubt that, you know, okay, well, how do you sort of grow beyond this and establish uh not established, but maybe at least recognize your own true identity and interest. Uh, and yet there was so many other people like yourself who were doing it. And fortunately, I, you know, started stumbling upon all these opportunities, you know, slowly started seeking, you know, I did a lot of serial leadership training, which was very game changing. And then of course, the coaching training, and then did a lot of entrepreneurial pursuits uh, that just many of them didn't work, you know, and then just still met excellent people, um and friends and colleagues and made some great connections through that and you know it was a lot of it was like organic and dabbling too right i mean i made met some great people outside of medical field like lawyers accountants just good old casual people who had other careers and uh, some of those are still great friends you know even if the business failed or even if the idea failed you know they, that connection was very powerful so i think it was uh, above anything i think uh, the journey beyond doubt was more around the curiosity as, as a child mm-hmm. has, right. You know, what can we kind of do here? You know, can we question this status quo and see what's beyond that? And if anything, I think the full circle is that it helped me really further develop my medical career rather than shutting it down because, you know, you can bring that curiosity back that, you know, well, how can I do my research program better? You know, how can I do my patient care better? You know, how can I bring, all those business concepts back to clinical academic medicine that, you know, how can we increase efficiency? You know, how can we increase, uh, reduce the risk and increase the quality of care? So I I think it's, it's really the, you know, cross-pollination as I call it, you know, that's a famous research word uh, of various disciplines outside of medicine that helped or are helping me overcome doubt. Not to say that, you know, uh, I'm better or worse than anybody else. You know, I still have a lot of doubts and, you know, can I make this venture successful? You know, can I, actually develop this income stream or can I, you know, write a book or whatever that I want to write, you know, can I do a screenplay writing or anything like that? But I think, again, the fundamental points remain the same. I think it's really around uh, uh, revolving around my core values, you know, and some of them are like creativity and excellence. So I think I keep gravitating to those things. And uh, uh, that's what sort of adds meaning and purpose to me, you know. And of course, you know, I, I enjoy connecting with like-minded people and, and kind of creating and adding value. You know. Yeah, there's so much gold in what you said. And there's one thing I really want to point out before I forget. And it's that there were so many failures, like yeah, so much of this was trial and error. And it's been the same exact thing for me. And the powerful thing that you said was that there was still something like it really wasn't a failure, right? Yeah. Like there's a part of our brain that's going to call it, oh, the business failed, but there was still a, either there was a lesson in there or there was a relationship that changed 
something about your life. And I think that's like, those are the things that like the intangible experiences yeah. that we, for, we lose sight of that yeah, as absolutely. physicians, right? Cause it's yeah. like, it's a fail, like they live or die, like yeah. fail or success. Yeah. And what we don't realize is that in all of these beautiful scenarios, there's lessons and there's pivots and there's something that we can take from that. It may, so maybe even though it's a quote unquote fail of a business or something, there's a beautiful friendship or there's some, something that we learned about ourselves. So I think that's really, really important that you said that um, because not everyone's willing to make, to say that, like I've had a ton of failures, but we yeah. all have, right. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is. It happens. I've had so many myself as, as yeah. well. So that's great. The other question that I wanted to ask is that you mentioned you got to a point where you wanted to reclaim you and, yeah, and really sure. like there was an identity shift. Was there yeah. something that happened that, that was like a trigger for that? Or was it just a, par- a point in your career that that happened or what? Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, that's a great question. I think, you know, um, and, and I think the big trigger was that, you know, like, many other ambitious clinician researchers, you know, I got my first promotion in five years and then you're kind of really going fast and you're going strong and, you know, the family was growing and yet there was something missing. And, you know, at, at the same time, I, I I had some exposure to the red tape of the system, you know, the systemic, not just kind of local or whatever, but the national, international politics around it and the challenges that come and even the shortcomings of uh, uh, academic medicine, where I saw that, you know, in going all over the world, you know, trying to present research, people at all stages of careers, you know, all trajectories, the international superstars, even they didn't seem quite happy, you know, it, it just seemed that there was some kind of, there was something missing, you know, even they didn't seem balanced and successful. And, you know, I've probably said this many times on different platforms, but the international superstar of thrombosis still saying, oh my gosh, it's so busy. I can barely breathe. Well, you shouldn't be like that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you are the established international gold standard for whatever it is, you would probably say, oh yeah, I'm doing great. You know, I, I didn't mm-hmm. seem to hear that. You know, I mean, most people like, yeah, I always compromise my family time. Oh yeah, everything mm-hmm. happened after hours. You know, I never get a break. You know, I'm so burnt out and, you know, uh, I can't do this. You know, some people even said, oh, academia is not worth it. You know, it's just, you know, too much, mm-hmm. too much headache. And there's, you, you heard all those things. And uh, one of my other interests is also finance. And, you know, I often found physicians shied away a lot from finance, you know, like they were just like, you know, that's not my problem. You know, it's, it's a service mindset. I'm not going to worry about it, but it will creep up to you, right? If you didn't worry about it, it's going to, it's not going to work out. And And we saw that, right? I mean, a lot of people, sort of didn't take ownership of that. And uh, it, it just, you know, the timing was right. I was struggling with some of these a- aspects myself that, you know, how do I sort of manage, you know, the financial side, you know, with the career longevity, and is this exactly what I want to do? And that really triggered, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a search for, you know, at least the question for making sure that I was doing and being who I truly am. And, you know, at the same time, mm-hmm. I had this key opportunity to start some longitudinal uh, leadership training, you know, uh, which I completed in 2020 or so. It was three or four years of very deep leadership training. And that really started the pivot. You know, I think uh, I started to gain the skill sets that, you know, you really need to go deep and ask the questions. And uh, through that, then, you know, I got some exposure to coaching that was a little bit before the pandemic. And then, you know, it was, I was so impressed that, you know, I said, I got to do this myself. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's so powerful. And then all these different 
tests of personality and behavior and habit and EQ and SQ and entrepreneurial quotient and everything else, you know, and I have all these records of different tests I've done and they, no matter which way I did it, you know, it all sort of showing me, you know, my similar ideas because that's who I am. And some of the core pieces I was then slowly able to put, put it together. And then uh, I was also, you know, a, a pretty, a voracious reader way back. And then that was difficult with, with, you know, a career taking off. Then, you know, I picked that habit back up and started going deep into the thought work and the inner work stuff. And I really enjoyed that. And that was where, you know, I and Francis, you kind of met and we started this idea of working on the book and we consolidated, you know, all the hundreds of books and all that, that we were interested in, into, into what we thought was a unified approach. So that's how the, that's how it started. It happened. I mean, it was both organic, you know, a bit serendipitous and, a little bit of experiment and a little bit of everything. And, you know, a lot of failure, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me about, tell us about the book. I um, like, I know we are just give us enough to make us all want to read it and like who it's for and that kind of thing. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, I think that's a great question. You know, we love to talk about the book because, uh, because the book I, I think is, is for everybody. It's for all of us, you know, it's for any professional who is trying to seek, um, you know, inner excellence followed by outer excellence, you know, and, and, and learning to become the CEOs of their life. So, you know, uh, we thought in, in our reading and my and Francis Hughes reading, we couldn't find any consolidated approach that put together the ancient wisdom piece and the modern wisdom, you know, you know, modern scientific concepts, um, modern psychology concepts and you know, uh, ancient scriptures, for example, and uh, coaching methods and, you know, the inner work and uh, even quantum physics and stuff like that. So, you know, we, we couldn't find one unified approach that put all this together in a bite-sized manner that people could immediately apply. So, you know, that's why mm-hmm. we just kind of said, okay, well, let's take it upon ourselves to summarize our understanding, reading, experiment, you know, thought work and everything that, that, uh, we've learned so far and see where it goes, you know, and that's how it took about two and a half years to put it all together, but it was well worth it, right? We learned so much mm. uh, in the process that the book really tries to, so it's the three-part book and it kind of highlights in the first part what the true problem is, you know, I mean, why are most people in a state of consistent distress or dissatisfaction or some something is missing state, you know, which is not the happy, blissful state, and then we sort of go into the inner excellence uh, thought work and that centers around awareness and how anybody and everybody can develop it. And then that sort of encompasses a lot of the coaching models, linear or otherwise, you know, it includes sort of the typical linear models, you know, emotional models, and then how to weather the storm when things go wrong as they will most of the times, you know, things don't mm-hmm. necessarily go straight. And then, you know, it gravitates to the outer excellence, which is uh, one of my key interests. In, and, and then we go into what authentic success means and, you know, what are the parameters of authentic success and uh, then premise of leadership uh, as it applies to personal growth and then sort of finances, because we can't talk about authentic fulfillment without finances in the sense of uh, a relationship with money and, you know, understanding the psychology of money. And then it summarizes as to what we can do um, as, a, as, as an overall happiness hypothesis that we presented based on our work. So that's sort of the nutshell summary of the book. Wow. That sounds like there's so much good consolidation of information in there. And it, I bet it's people who listen to this probably like that kind of the, every topic that you mentioned. So I'll, I should definitely put a link in the um, show notes. So we'll put a link to the book. Yeah. Can yeah, people for sure. get it on it? Where can people get it? 
Ah, it's on Amazon. It's on know, Amazon. Uh, oh yeah, my gosh, it's, so it's good. The, yeah, let's, it's called the Legendary Quest, and it's on the Amazon. Yeah. And yeah, so far we've got great feedback, you know, and we are actually seeking feedback. You know, we look at it yeah, as yeah. a as an ongoing experiment. So if uh, any of uh, you included, you know, any of the readers are uh, interested in giving formal or informal feedback, we are happy to receive it, and we hope that the future version will be better and bigger. You know. That's awesome. That sounds like a really fun project. And if Francis was on my podcast, I think in the first year. So that was also a very good interview. People can go and listen to that one too. Yeah, no, I, he's a fantastic guy. You know, I mean, we, we always learn on talks, you know, we probably have over a hundred hours of recording ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could just be like an audio book, just playing that, the conversations. <laughs> yeah, we're slowly getting there, you know, actually, that's how we wrote the book. You know, it was hilarious because, you know, we, we are across the, across different countries, right? So yeah. we have to get online and uh, use technology to sort of get around it. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Mm -hmm. So one thing I would love to ask you, because I think it's come up for you a lot where there is this new project you wanted to try and explore these new areas and the arts and creativity and finances and all of these things. What was the argument that you told your brain when it said, you can't do that? You're not good enough. Like, I would love to hear the inner dialogue so that because we all have to say something to our brains to get us into action. So what was that like for you? I, I think the, and I still struggle, you know, I'm not nowhere saying that that voice is gone anywhere. It's still there. Yeah. It tells you, you can't do this and this and that. And, you know, all those patterns still exist. They're part of our evolution. I, I yeah. think, I think what I always say is I'm going to do it anyways, you know, like, mm-hmm. no matter what, you know, well, what's going to happen. You fall flat on face, you know, you're not yeah. going to die. We're not going to skydive without a parachute, you know, so it's, it's, it's okay. You know, we're going to try it. And if it fails, it's okay. And, uh, you know, I was doing this exercise with somebody else the other other time, and uh, they ask you to envision the greatest challenges in your life. And then you think about like key challenges and then start thinking about how they may have been gifts and what you learned from them. And it turns out that, you know, for most people, majority of the big life challenges actually turned out to be gifts if they really use mm. them. Uh, and it was quite it was quite enlightening to actually think about it in that perspective, right? I mean, if we truly learn to fail forward, and this is very easy said, like you know, all coaches know that that you know, we want to have the growth mindset, we want to fail forward, we want to look uh, at our, our at our reverse gap, and we want to sort of really uh, keep that mindset. But in the moment, it, it's way harder, you know. Even in my experience, I think you know if. If you put your 10th offer on real estate deal and that's not going through, well, you've had 10 Mm. challenges, you know, and uh, it could be 50 deals before you get your 51st offer accepted. So I think in the moment, it's always harder for people to sort of keep that. But then I think, you know, with good support systems and, you know, good, good coaching, self-coaching, even, you know, you, you can really sort of maintain it. And uh, one of the things we talk in our book is sort of the recent pursuit of enough concept that, you know, uh, success is not like one achievement, right? Like it's like a rich pattern of different things that your life, it's almost like a bouquet of uh, flowers or it's like, a, it's like a kaleidoscope model that we discuss in, in the book, you know, that we want to have these different things, you know, you can't just build your biceps muscle, you got to build your whole body. So it's the same thing that, you know, we want to build our relationships, you want to have your spiritual health, you want to have your physical health and, you know, academic health and, you know, in entrepreneurial pursuits. So I think that's probably what helps too, that, you know, okay, well, one thing is not working. Like you said, I think you already said it's like a labyrinth, right? I mean, you go there, it's an endpoint, you pivot, and then you try something else. So I think if we keep doing that, you know, with, with sufficient help from 
you know, self-coaching and others and, you know, having your own good tribe. I, I think most people can get to where they need to be. Yeah. And this is timely for me because I'm going through relatively difficult time myself right now. And it's, it's probably the first time that I'm like, I'm in it and yeah. feeling it, but then I have moments where I can kind of be future focused and realize that in a year from now, like I know that there will be a gift from this. Yeah. And also like, this is the contrast, right? Like if I didn't have moments of true struggle and I, I mean, I am very privileged. There could be, it's always, it could always be way worse, but this makes the joy feel as good as joy feels. And yeah. I think that it, it's really hard to have to be in pain and to have, and to suffer and all of these things that just, we, as the, the human experience, right. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. I think if there can be moments, glimpses of that appreciation, like, this is the contrast of life. Yeah. And I think yeah. probably for me, this is more of like, this is where my spirituality really helps yeah. because there has to be that belief that like, this is really all for the greater good of yeah. whatever my purpose is meant to be, you know? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, as one of some of the famous coaches have said that, you know, I mean, uh, most of us dichotomize and it's probably again, our brains, you know, it's the if then hypothesis, you know, if you establish your real estate business, then you'll be happy. And mm. none of us are excluded uh, from that, right? We are part of that. That's human experience. So some, some of these uh, famous coaches have said that, you know, it's a function of how happy can we be in the now and have a bold vision for future. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be one or the other, but it's, again, I think it's in my experience, that's definitely difficult to achieve, you know, but like you said, I think, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, you are going to dip low. If we tried something new, we're going to hurt, we're going to fall, but then mm -hmm. how quickly can we come back and say, okay, that's okay. You know, let's put the next deal. Let's try the next book or whatever. Let's watch yeah. a TV show or go for a walk or whatever. And then you just keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I was just reading the other day, uh, this very interesting book called the hard thing of, uh, about hard things, you know, it's a famous mm. uh, book and it's, it exactly goes through that, um, uh, entrepreneurial roller coaster, right? I mean, uh, one of the famous books I would like to quote here is, um, Robert Eggers, uh, autobiography, right? He was the CEO of Disney and, you know, we think that's the most glamorous job on the planet and he's, uh, and I couldn't believe it, right? I mean, the amount of a number and amount both of problems he faced on a daily basis for the 10, 15 years there is mind numbing. Like, I was like, mm. wow, you know, you've got hundreds of thousands of employees and something is breaking all the time and the international media pressure. And like, it's unreal. Like, the, just the introduction just moved me so much that I had to reread it a couple of times. You know, it felt like, so dramatic you know that it's, mm. it's it's but i think that's how he built he was he built his muscles that way that you know he was able to tolerate that with grace and sort of live in the unknown and trust that it's going to be okay and it turned out yeah. to be okay you know he made the company five times bigger so it must be somebody you know yeah wow well it was so great talking to you um very refreshing to it was such a positive <laughs> attitude and warm so, such a warm soul i can feel that well, thank um, you i appreciate that where can people find you easiest on social media? Uh, well, yeah, easiest. I think I'm pretty much on every group around there. Okay, but, good. Uh, <laughs> I do answer my text or email, but uh, no, I love to connect. You know, I, I love to talk about things and you always learn something, you know, um, but I, I do run the Savvy Physician group and uh, a lot of people are, are in that too and uh, always love to have 
more connections, you know, so feel free to check that out. And uh, um, yeah, I'm also on um, reasonably active on social media. And that was a huge shift for me, you know, three years ago, I was like, yeah, I, I don't care about that. But, mm-hmm. um, because I thought it's, it's of no real use, you know, other than, you know, showing off what you had. But uh, mm-hmm. I think there's peop- there's really some very good use to it if you choose to use it like that. And uh, I think I made some great friends and uh, great connections, great colleagues uh, through that. And I think I'm very thankful for that. You know? Yeah, I feel the same. That's how we connected. So it was good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, my gosh. Well, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, you can keep scrolling or you can actually put some mind to it. And yeah, you know. Right, exactly. Well, it was really great talking to you. I appreciate your time so much. Likewise, you know, uh, happy to connect anytime. Hey there, just wanted to take some quick time here to let you know that if you have been thinking about doing a podcast and it feels really overwhelming and you like the idea of podcasting, but the other stuff like the editing and production feels too overwhelming, I wanted to let you know about the people who now edit and produce my podcast, which is Pretty Easy Podcasts. And for the first year and a half of my podcast, I was doing everything myself. And I had tried to contract out editing and it was really got some really, really bad results. So I was hesitant to try again, but I'm so glad that I did because working with Pretty Easy Podcasts has been so amazing. They can get your shows recorded, posted with a complete podcast studio at your disposal. You could record from home, your office or the park or really anywhere. And then they totally cater to your schedule and It's just so easy to work with them. I cannot say enough good things. So if it's been on your mind to do a podcast, then definitely check out Pretty Easy Podcast at prettyeasypodcast.com and sign up today. It's super affordable and it's so fun working with them. So definitely check it out.